Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. Today we are going to be discussing The Luminous Dead, and this is our second bonus Halloween episode. And The Luminous Dead, the plot is Geyer? Because it makes me think fire. I don't know. But Geyer is willing to risk everything to get off her home planet to find her mother. So she lies about her work experience and ends up in a cave system with her handler, M, who also has a habit of keeping secrets. She has to learn to trust M in order to avoid the dangerous tunnelers and make it back out alive. This is by Caitlin Starling, published in 2019 by Harper Voyage. This is supposed to be a sci-fi horror book and was nominated for the Bram Stoker... Stroker? Bram Stoker. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the Bram Stoker Award for Best First Novel. Okay, so is it Guy or is it what what how did you guys picture that name being said? Um, well the author said it was a soft G sound like gyroscope, so I assume it's like gyre. Gyre? I okay. called her just Jer because I was thinking of like a Jer Falcon because her mom's name is Peregrine, so I figured like but cool. Okay. You put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> well, I kept saying the name. I was like, this reminds me of Jared Falcon. And then it's like my mom, Peregrine. I was like, these are both really weird names. I don't know if that's coincidental or what, but. So for me, it was gear. It was always gear. I don't yeah, know why. I, did, I, didn't. Gear, I couldn't. Yeah. So, so I we... said gear, but let's decide on a name. I like Gyre. Gyre works. Gyre or do we want to do Gyre? Gyre. Or oh, gyre. you said the gyre. Honestly, I changed it like three different times okay. while reading the book, just depending on my mood. So, so. the main character. <laughs> we'll just call her whatever version of it that comes out of our. And house. we apologize for saying it wrong. It, it's one of those situations where. Like, well, it's spelled G Y R E. Like, so. It's not a normal. No, no, no. But, okay. So, the moment we've been waiting for, Sarah, what did you think of the book? Um, so I liked it. <laughs> you but. sound unsure <laughs> I mean like especially at the end I really didn't know how to feel and so that's why I didn't like leave a rating or anything on Goodreads I was like I, I don't know and then I just like closed the book and moved on with my life that was <laughs> that was honestly my overwhelming impression it was just like huh okay Okay. I mean, I enjoyed reading it, though, at the time. Like, it's very addictive. Hard to put down. Okay. Well, yeah, I remember that, because you were texting me, and I accidentally startled you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the creepier moment. Oh, I spilled some water. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm apologizing wearing my pants here, because that's going to get wet. Here, we're going to pause for just a second. (laughs) Okay, so that was attractive. Thank you. Start recording again. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, here, because you can't get through all through. I'm, I'm so glad I started recording again. <laughs> Welcome good, to our sheer chaos. Okay, so, Kim, what did you think? I really like this book. I really, really did. I've discovered I could have a thing for isolationist <laughs> stories where people are all by themselves and have to function. Particularly in space. Like the Martian. Particu- like like Martian, Martian. Like all, uh, Project Hail Mary. Yeah, I I am finding I have a niche thing that I really, I really enjoy. Um, um, so yeah, I wonder I really, what a psychologist would think of that. <laughs> that I, I am the extrovert, extrovert that I already know that I am. You mean introvert? Because extrovert would yeah. mean you like, or extrovert would mean you like being around people. Yeah. And that you find gratification from it. Okay. Let's not judge my brain today, okay? <laughs> I just spilled water everywhere, so yeah, I know. Yeah. Can't We're all good. Okay, so you you loved it. 
I really liked it. I don't you really know liked I would it. Okay. go with love. But is it I something really that you would potentially read again? Yes. Okay. So you liked it enough that it is a, worth a reread. Yes. Okay. And I loved it. However, I definitely can relate with you about the ending. And I'm not going to get As into that just yet. me. Sarah, Sarah. yes. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to get into that because we'll, we'll work through it to get to that point. Um, because I have thoughts. Very strong thoughts that I don't think Kim is going to agree with because we kind of were like this came up um, and she was not pleased with my assessment. I but wasn't displeased. I just don't. Yeah, anyway. Anyways, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> so, so y'all converse in between. Well, that's, why we're doing, that's why we're going to do this thing. So I thought I mentioned that I talk to you about things and I ask you things. You just don't like expand your hand you need secretive (laughs) you're very secretive about your feelings unless you hate it then you inform me that you hated it i love discussing the things i hate i have noticed (laughs) okay so let's start first with the main character what's your face gear geyer jeer um so (laughs) what did you guys think of her didn't really like her you didn't like her. How come? Well, I really got tired of her holier-than-thou attitude towards M. Okay. Like, oh, this lady, she posted a job for a lot of money that I took, but I've been tricked into going down to these bottom cabins. You'd be doing that anyway if you're looking for ore. So what's your fucking problem? She's a monster. She's not a monster. She's grieving and she posted a job. She didn't kidnap you and throw you down there. You didn't even ask for information. So, like, she just on and on at these times and I was like bitch I'm sorry <laughs> lady just no bitch <laughs> it's like yeah I just I got tired of her um, not well, that I wanted her to die but like I just wanted her to first off be a different person I guess I think that's the most passionate you've ever been about anything and two you were so passionate we got not one but two accents to emphasize different (laughs) points and I have been waiting since the very beginning for your accents to come out when you're talking about books you did two accents Yes, yes. When Sarah's really passionate about things and she wants to imitate the characters, nice. she typically like like she's been holding back on us. She typically develops accents for each of the characters, awesome. particularly if she's mocking them. <laughs> it is great. So I'm like just sitting here going, Oh, there there's my Sarah. <laughs> this is what I know. <laughs> So you didn't like her. I mean, yeah. Or you weren't. You didn't she like her choices. Um, I didn't hate her. Like I wasn't okay. like, oh, I hope that Tyler gets her this time. Um, <laughs> I did want her to get out of the cave. But, okay. But yeah, it's like I'm so over your introspection or like all these portions where you're just really, really emotional about things that are just like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And. Okay, what did you feel about her, Kim? I agree completely that she was um, unrealistic in her expectations, not meaning the character and how she was written, but her her expectations of what was going to happen while she was in that tunnel. But I think it was pretty well explained. She had very little experience. Whatever she did know, she taught herself. She was thrown in the deep end 
without knowing she was going in. I mean, she wasn't even in the deep end of the pool. She was in the deep end of the ocean. She was in, in deep. Um, and I think it also, by the time it got really annoying in the book, the descent into madness was well underway because she was terrified before she got started and then things are going really, really wrong. And then she, and she's also got somebody else messing with her at the same time. Yeah. So I, I, I get why she was where she was at psychically. Mentally. 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 (laughs) You guys got to be really patient with my brain. I'll, I'll be better in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I got it. I understood it. It did get tedious and, and you just wanted to slap her and just go, God, it, it really, there is a reason why this person is doing what they're doing to you. It may not be a good reason, but it's a reason and legit. So, yeah. So it's really interesting because I know both of you, like, you guys read this quickly. I mean, you, you had it, you've been done for about a week. You, yeah. you were through it instantly and I know you almost Read it entirely in one night, two nights? Yeah, I went to read it over a week, and I read it over two days. Yeah, so it's interesting, because you're like, oh my god, she got so annoying. So I actually, I took my time on this, just because I had other things I was doing and other things I was reading. Um, so I liked her, and I didn't find it annoying. But again, I wasn't, I didn't get trapped in her head for 24 hours. Yeah. It was a slow build for me. And I thought it was very realistic about how people approach jobs. If that sounds weird, we all go in with these expectations of our of our own skill levels, of what we're getting out of it and what we have to do. So I felt like she was realistic. I didn't find it annoying. I just thought it was realistic of, of her. Like she thought her skill sets were higher than they were. People were willing to give her. She um, thought she understood what the job was and she didn't. And she thought who she knew who she was working with just from one or two interactions. And that quickly morphed and changed for the better or the worse and affected how she handled it. And then there's all other kinds of stuff that I have to say about their dynamic. Um, So I thought that was interesting. And so I, I didn't, I didn't hate her. I just, I felt she was realistic. The ending uh, felt like it took like a huge pivot. See, uh, well, okay. Are we going to talk about the ending or are we going to wait? We're going to get there. We're going to okay, get there. Well, but then, I'm just, I'm just saying just, that that's the only time that the character felt weird for me is at the very, very end. It felt like such an extreme pivot. But at the same time, I have my thoughts on that, that I'm going to get to. Because okay. I, I don't know what you're talking about specifically. Because there are several things that happen at the end. And, and I mean, after she's gotten out of the cave. Okay. Spoiler, spoiler alert, she gets out of the cave. God damn. <laughs> Threw that one out there quick. Well, anyway, I'm assuming I'm people kidding. have read I'm this. Kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so then, M. What did you guys think of M? Okay. Well, let's oh. let's clarify something. M is not like an initial or anything. It's E.M. Yeah. Her name, I think, is Amelia. Emma yeah. Jean. Emma Jean, Jean, that's, that's right. right. I liked her name. Um, so it's E-M. Yeah. Anyway, you want me to start? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Talking anyway. <laughs> um, I liked her. I understood why she was doing what she was doing. Um, I don't think it was uh, morally a good choice. Um, but like you had, you had mentioned slightly, she was, she was mourning and she was processing and trying to do the right thing but but still satisfy her needs of what she really really needed um and she didn't know anything else i mean she she was literally born 
the, her entire With this existence, problem. Yeah, her entire existence was this problem. And she was sacrificing her own well-being to, to try to keep Geyer, Geyer, I don't know. Gear. I'm going to go with gear. It's okay. what's in my head. To keep her alive. And, and you know, she was going for days without sleeping. She, yeah. was, she was completely focused in on the computer um, in order to do everything she needed to do to keep gear moving forward, e- even to the manipulation level. But, you know, it, yeah, I, I, I thought she was a good antagonist. Okay. Sarah. Um, I liked her well enough. She did feel a bit more, um, realistic as a character. Okay. She's a bad communicator. Um, in fact, she's like, I need to go check some and disappears for like six hours. She just like goes. And yeah, that feels realistic like, oh, to jobs to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, guess I'll just go to camp six too all about it. And you know, she comes back so much later. Doesn't even know if she's going to come back. Um, so she was pretty bad at that. But yeah, I mean like still realistic. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but it was while she was talking. I apologize. No, no. I mean, we'll something you said, though, made me think of what I wanted to say. And then I About stopped. the trauma or... Mourning. Mourning. No. What no, else I mean, I like that, that felt pretty solidly described and everything. Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I didn't really feel strongly about the character honestly uh i mean obviously i didn't think she was monstrous like um jeer was accusing every five seconds um (laughs) but i also just didn't really like if she had disappeared midway through the book i honestly don't know that i would have cared okay obviously she was necessary i mean she kind of did disappear midway through the book when she comes back okay Um, see i would have missed her if when I was afraid that she wasn't going to come back, I was mm-hmm. afraid that we were then going to have to go fully into gears the descent of and, madness. And, yeah, and and stay there. And I I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to be able to come out of that yeah. insanity in the book, in the story, you know, n- and not move forward with it just being the focus of. Even though I'm the person that likes stories all about people all by themselves, so I. I have conflicting emotions on M and they're not bad conflicting emotions They're on one level. I liked her. Um, and part of that has to do with how the author describes her in terms of her appearance, in terms of how she acts. There's a lot of detail put into flaws, um, which when I go to my favorite quote that That'll highlight that a lot, but I'm not quite ready to share that yet. Um, so on one level, I liked her. On another level, I did not like her and M, M and, and Gear, Dyer, um, together as a romantic dynamic, which was present. I wish... I could have lived without that. I could have done without that. Um, or I wanted it to end worse than it did. Um, but I will... Because I have thoughts on their dynamic, but I don't think we're quite to that point to discuss that yet. Uh, so... As a singular entity, I liked her. I was curious about her as part of that pairing. She was vile and it was unhealthy and I just, ugh. So, (laughs) that's my emotions on her. So, 
Obviously, we picked this as a Halloween book because it's supposed to be a science fiction horror. Do you guys feel it delivered on the horror elements? This is where I um, was. It's not a five star. It's only a four and a half. There were moments. I'd like to give the star rating before we're there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So. I apologize. Anyway. I'll say it again later. But I I wanted the... the I wanted the... In, in the scariness to be more intense. There, there was one scene where she's, where Gear is walking along an, an, an edge and her, she's belly to the rock. So she's, there's vastness behind her. And when you're that close and you're skimming, you cannot look both ways. You have to physically decide you're going to shift your head oh. the other direction. And so she shifted her head the other direction and she thought she saw somebody off into the distance along the same ledge she was going on. And that was like, oh, my God, that would, I would lose it if I was in a cave and, and I was to look and see somebody there. Yeah. I would lose it. Yeah. I wanted more of that intensity. Okay. Um, I also wanted the caves to be tighter. Mm-hmm. They were not tight. Yeah, there was no sense of claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah. And I all. really, I was expecting that. I wanted it. Not so that I could mock poor little Amberly. We're going to get there in just a moment. Just you guys do Um, your discussion. (laughs) Um, But I think that would have um, brought in the intensity of um, the horror aspect of it. And I'm going to go in a little bit deeper into a little bit private, not private, personal stuff. I've written a cave story and um, people commented quite... No, no. People (laughs) commented on it. I can write the intensity of caves, mainly because I've been caving. So I I know how tight it all gets and what it feels like when you can't make your body move, when you only have, you know, inches of space between you and the rock above and below. And you got to or, you know, side to side, whatever the case may be. And you got to you got to work your way out of it. And it's hard as hell. So I wanted more of that. I didn't like how vast these caves were. They were much more. Um, okay. So you have two types of caves for people who don't know that there are a variety of caves. You have what you would consider a traditionally American style cave, which is our vertical caves. So if you live in the United States and you go to caves or you've seen like movies, um, Hollywood, because these are the caves available to them tend to do it. Um, where you may have like smaller paths, but they always open up into big cavernous spaces. Think like Tom Sawyer. Um, those are considered vertical caves. They, they, they fill out differently. You then have what we're familiar with as well in England, what are called horizontal caves. And those are the much tighter spaces where you are lucky if you can stand up. Um, through most of the cave. Otherwise, typically you're on your belly spelunking and, and like moving around and twisting and all back, that or on, on your back or on your side. Um, so, so what Kim's referencing is she wishes these were more of that horizontal style of caving as opposed to the vertical style caving because it puts more stress on that. But before we continue with that more, how did you feel about the horror, Sarah? Um, so, yeah, like Kim said, there were moments where it definitely got creepy, um, but it didn't really maintain that creepiness, like, throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, when it got creepy, it was like, this is fun. But, and then there were a lot of times where it was just, uh, others, you know, I don't know, other stuff going on. Okay. Um, so, you know. Okay. Now it comes to me, which is kind of the one of the reasons why we picked this book. This was my pick for Halloween because people were stating. It's allergies. All right. So, sorry, we had a slight interruption there. So, this is the reason why we picked this book. I picked this book is because people made claims that it describes caving very well. And I actually have a phobia of being in caves. And there's a reason for this. And before I go into my story, Kim is going to resist commenting on my experience until I tell it all the way through. Mm -hmm. Then you can, you know, correct my facts or what have you. But I'm going to tell my experience. Just go. So when we, in my teens, I don't remember the exact year because I'm terrible with time. We went to a cave in Wales. Wales. And it was one of those horizontal caves. And I'm excited. I, I, I love, loved caves. I still like how caves look. I like, you know, the, the, the biosphere of them and all that kind of stuff, the ecosystem. Um, but we went to go caving, specifically spelunking is, is what I believe it's called for that style. And this required us to put a headlamp on because there were no lights in there. And we were crawling around on our sides, on our belly, what have you. We get towards the very end of the cave and we're doing fine. And there are two different ways to get out to a particular section. One side was much more narrow and all the kids were sent through to include myself. The other way was not quite as difficult and the adults were going that way. I was the last child to go through. And to give people an idea, when I was in this cave, I had turned my head to the right. I am left-handed and tend to actually go towards the left. But for whatever reason that day, I turned my head towards the right. Yeah. It was a keyhole. A keyhole. You had okay. to go a certain way. Yeah. You had to twist. What a keyhole But my means, head, I could choose whichever side. But what a keyhole means is when you go up through a keyhole, your upper torso is going to be twisted one way while your from your waist down is twisted the opposite way. And you stay stuck in that position until you break a certain point. And then your hips will automatically switch to the other way. And then you can go up through. If you... So Getting to that position is very difficult. Yes. So what happened to me happened actually just past that. So at that point, I had gotten to flat on my belly, but I had my head turned to the right as opposed to the left, and I am left-handed. Um, and to give you an idea of how little space there was between the top of the cave and the bottom of the cave, I could not turn my head with the lamp, so I couldn't change the positions. I was stuck with my head a particular way as I was going out. Ahead of me, the cave dipped down slightly and then pivoted out to the entrance, out to the exit. But I didn't know how far away I was from that. And I didn't know how easy it was to navigate. I am in the process of wiggling along when the light came detached from my battery pack and I went into pitch darkness. Now, if you've never been in that situation, it is really weird to be laying on your belly and you can feel the cave above you and you can feel the cave below you and you suddenly feel as if you can feel the entire weight of the mountain above you. As far as I knew, there was no one behind me because I had heard the adults saying they were going a different direction because it was easier. And I could not see anyone ahead of me because they were younger kids and had gone much faster. So I was suddenly trapped in a cave with no idea how to go forward and knowing I couldn't go back. Uh, I panicked. 
I was stuck there. Um, luckily, the instructor was actually coming in the direction I was coming, but I didn't know that because he was showing the adults how to go the other way first. And he called out to me when I went quiet. I, I know I just I went quiet because I was breathing heavily. I was panicking. Um, and he's like, OK, just call out to someone ahead of you because he knew it opened up and have them come sh shine their light back at you. Because I'm like, I'm unplugged. So I call out. Luckily, it, it took a little bit, but someone one of the kids did hear me. They came back and I got back out. However, since then, I have developed a phobia because we then went to a second cave, a vertical cave, much bigger. I was doing fine. I wasn't sure I was going to be doing fine until they turned out the lights in the process of them turning out in the lights in this cave. I was standing next to my father. I guess I like death gripped him or something because he went to the person, the tour guide who was standing next to him and said, turn on the lights. I need you to turn on the lights. They turn on the lights. The tour guide looked at me and went, oh shit, because all color and I'm, I'm pale as is, um, all color had drained out of my face when the lights went out. I was nervous, but I had been doing fine up until that point when the lights went out. I noped it. Was that the Oregon Caves? Yes, I think it was the Oregon Caves. So I have a phobia of caves. And while these guys are like, oh, yeah, you know, this was horror. It wasn't that intense. There were moments for me that took me back to that sensation. And I could feel like the tightening in my chest at the thought and the memory. And it made me nervous and it made me panicky. And like, I was like, I don't know how anyone could spend this much period of time in a cave by themselves, even with a voice in their head. And like her difficulty is like switching between the ways she could view and having to turn off her light. And then she was in that suit, the suit alone. I was just like, I knew the suit was like, <laughs> put you over the edge. I was like the idea of constant touch, but not able to touch yourself. Oh, so, so for me, this, this brought back memories and I enjoyed it. I don't, I, I don't mind facing my phobia when I am not being put into the situation. There have been a couple of times where I've gone into like artificial caves and it makes me nervous, but I can handle it like displays and museums and stuff. Um, and I know when I need to get through them quickly, like when like the temperature changes in that particular space or there's certain sounds going on. Um, but there were times reading this where I just like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It was just it, it like I could feel it in my entire body and I hated it. Um, but at the same time, I I really enjoyed the book. It's just, oh, it, I, I can't. It's really hard to describe that, particularly knowing I, I love caves. I think caves are beautiful, but I cannot step foot in a cave now because I have a physical reaction that my brain cannot <laughs> overcome <laughs> and I know for a fact that well actually I don't know I don't think Kim has any phobias um no, no yeah no. so so Kim has no phobias so when us as her children have a phobia she's like oh just push through it and we're like that's not <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Gen X. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> and we're going that's not that's not that's not how that works and she's like just be rational and it's like it is the exact opposite problem of a phobia. Yeah, Mark managed to get over his. So. <sighs> okay, yes, but your son is much like you in his weird headspace capacity. Uh, well, as I know, my sister has an intense fear of mannequins and clowns. To the point that I didn't know she was afraid of mannequins. She hides her phobies. I didn't know about... Well, okay, so the, but the mannequins is funny. <laughs> oh, the mannequins because, is because funny. Because our previous homeowners... Had mannequins because he collected uh, war memorabilia. So he had uniforms. 
and we sent Allie up into an attic space and she got up there and just lost her ever loving shit because if she poked her head up into the space, there was a mannequin straight ahead of her and she lost it. Oh, I can, I, it was hilarious. And, and now, you know, my reaction to all of this, I sadly, and, it, and it's a, a deplorable person shows who I am. I think it's, I know, I think it's hilarious that, that the fear of clowns, the the fear of mannequins, the fear of caves, all of this, I am a horrible human being. I admit it. I feel like the fear of caves makes sense. The fear of clowns. It's like, has Ellie been chased? Yes, yes. Multiple times. She's been chased multiple times by clowns. I mean, to the point of, of, she almost passed out at, um, Six Flags. Six Flags. But we were on the East Coast Six Flags. And we went for one of the, the, the Halloween, Halloween horror nights. nights. And these particular Did she clowns. Know they can't touch you? They were really. I mean, they, they pushed it so far that Martin threatened. I guess if she was pretty young, this would have been a while back. I mean, yes, she was in her teens. And Martin. And so this would have put Martin at preteens because he's yeah. four years younger than she is. He threatened to beat the shit out of all of them. Because uh, one wouldn't off. stop because because we were they were trying because I wasn't there. They were just trying to get through the space yeah, as quickly oh. as possible because she was like she was losing it. She, she was, was losing passing it. it out. And, and we're like they were like, we got to get through this last section. Can you can you do it? And she's like, I don't know. And she went in one clown. He would he just would he, not back he off. spotted the fear and they they know those actors yeah. know how to spot the fear and they follow it. And Martin stood up to him and, and said, You, you don't stop, stop, you gotta I'm, stop I'm now. You on the ground and, and, and yeah. they they backed so, off at that point. But another so, yes, thing both fears are legit. Okay. So and, well and so and kind of sharing another phobia reaction of my poor sister is um my nephew used to come running into my room before bed to hide. He liked hiding and making her find him. And I so so I have dressmakers. And at one point I had a dressmaker in there and it had on a full skirt, a top, and he liked coming up with creative places to hide. And so I said, okay, hide underneath the skirt. Not knowing my sister was afraid of mannequins, I had forgotten. And 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 I'm like, and then you, you know, you can say, I'm here. <laughs> well, she came in and he was quiet for a moment. And then she's like, Brex, where are you? And and he reached out and grabbed her leg. <laughs> She punched them, the dressmaker. <laughs> she thought the thing was, was, was going after her because he decided to be extra creepy and reach out and grab her leg. And she she punched my dressmaker. It went falling over. He was underneath it. They were just... And she, she, she had to walk out because she was about ready to cuss out her own son because he had just... Like, like, because I didn't know that my dressmakers were making her uncomfortable as she had to pass through them to get to the garage. Um, she was just avoiding telling me, but every time she was going well, in there, that's because she was raised by me, and she yeah. knows that if, if she admits a phobia, that I, I then will then play with exploit it. it, yeah, mercilessly. <laughs> the only one, and, and it's because I've watched his skin crawl, mm-hmm. was Martin and spiders. Um, but he is now a zookeeper and and takes care of spiders. He, yeah. he works with the exother ex. So I cannot speak today. You cannot. Um, and is and has trained himself out of his phobia. Yeah, spiders. He's he's fine with it. The other yeah. two, they're still. And needles, I can handle better than I used to. I still like the concept of the whole something going into your skin and not having an effect bothers me. Those are my two phobias: caves and, and needles. And I'm covered in injection, tattoos, injections. injections. Yeah, because like I'm covered in tattoos, and so it's not needles itself; it's the the whole injection process, and that and I yet don't it's ink that gets injected into your skin when you get. Yeah, a but I can, but I can see the results. There, there is a. And I'm sorry. Just like. 
wiggle it when they're jabbing you so oh. that like blood comes out. And then you know you're <laughs> That's a good solution. No, no, it's not. So yeah, injections are blo- drawing blood, and it's not blood. Blood doesn't bother me. I mean, it bothers me a little bit on other people's blood, but like, it's not a phobia. Um, it, 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 the concept just, just. Anyway, ugh. so let's get, let's but get what I was going to say, but, yeah. in, but caves, I, I, that I just, I cannot, I've tried, I cannot. And I, and it's sad. I love caves. I think caves are beautiful. So I think the one thing that you kind of, you kind of didn't touch on when it comes mm. to caves because we've been in quite a few caves because yeah. it's one of the things i enjoy doing because you like rocks she likes rocks i love rocks um and caves um what if you haven't been in a cave you don't understand the absolute absence of light because yeah. there is an and, and when i mean absolute the way our eyes work the way you can eventually see a little bit in darkness is if there's any light your eyes will start to pull in that light in order to enable you to see there if you turn off your headlamps or whatever means of light you have in a cave there is no light there's There's only what you can feel yeah there's which is why the the sensation was like it really i felt like i could feel the entire i think it was a hill but like well okay mountain the the I could, it felt like I could feel the entirety of the earth above me because I was in absolute darkness. I had no other stimuli other than touch. There was no sound. I couldn't hear anyone. Um, Oftentimes in caves, you hear the tunk, 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 tunk of water dripping. It, it's, yeah, but it's a that, very unique sound. It's, yeah. it's a very cavey sound. In that, but, but in that and space. this was a very wet cave. Yeah. Because we had to wear jumpsuits to go into it because yeah. we were covered in mud when we came out. Um, but there was not that drippy drip, drip, yeah. sound. Yeah, so, so when I was stuck, I was stuck with, with, with no light. I couldn't lift my head. My head was trapped in a position I didn't like. That's the I, only feeling I don't like is in and, the caves. Is and, you can't. and I couldn't, I didn't get a good enough look of what was ahead of me to know where I was going. And the, the only input my body was getting was the pressure of the ground of the earth above me. And so, yeah, going back to the book, focusing in on that, her being trapped in that suit and her talking about how it felt made my skin want to crawl. Um, and I didn't hate it. Cause I, 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 I mean, I willingly picked this, um, but I could relate to it. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that I had to take away from this is the author clearly had been in caves yeah. and understood what is she chewing on? Nothing. Okay. Clearly understood the sensory input that would be coming in that situation. Keep talking. I'm just gonna, oh no, she ran in. Connor Connor's tormenting your cat. Isn't that Danny right there? Yeah, Danny's right there. Connor oh, was right coming down out. There. Okay. Connor so, so. likes to chase Danny Danny's around. around. <laughs> but yeah, so I will say that one thing I was amazed with is this author author understood the atmosphere that she was writing within and knew how to provide the correct sensory input to escalate the situation. And I feel she could have done that even more so. I don't know that I could have handled that. You probably would have finished the book, but (laughs) I I think that would have added to the atmosphere of the book if she had intensified that. Um, Oh, yeah. Because she was trying to tell a bit of a ghost story. And... I, I'm not sure where I wanted it to go as far as, but I don't really feel like that really panned out. 
I was um, terrified that Isolde was going to still be alive and, like, could turn into some sort of weird, like, cave person. And, yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, like... I'm, I, I, I don't feel like that... I I feel like that was left too much up in the air. It, yeah. Is, it, we didn't get a real resolution on who Isolde was in, in the cave. Well, yeah, because we don't... Well, oh, no, they, they determined Eli was the one who went back for the cash, which, oh, God, the thought that he was living in there for weeks without anyone... And, and like, ripped himself out of that suit after, like, the level of surgery that was required to get them into the suit. I just... That, that was horrific. <sighs> anyway. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> I'm breathing. I just, like, ugh, I like the thought of it. Um, and then finding dead bodies in there. Like, I can't imagine being trapped in a cave and then finding dead bodies. And then when she had to rip Jenny out of the suit and, like, the skin was peeling away because... Oh, <laughs> so did we ask you how you felt about this book i can't remember now oh i loved it okay she said she loved it i loved it i loved it 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 gave me exactly what i was expecting for a science fiction horror book yeah um but at the same time it made me uncomfortable, but I was wanting it to make me uncomfortable. I was expecting it to make me uncomfortable. I was impressed with how uncomfortable it actually could make me feel. Oh, oh, that would be the, oh, sorry. That was my other phobia. It only could have gotten worse if there were cockroaches, um, which again, I have a legitimate reason for that phobia. Uh, but that's another time in another story. Should cockroaches ever come up in a book? <laughs> <laughs> I get to tell that story. You get to tell that story. Um, You get to pick a book for February, remember? The Metamorphosis. It's such a good... I just actually graded papers about the Metamorphosis. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So... So, yeah, the book delivered on that. And then... Okay, so let me look at my notes. I'm trying to think of what we can discuss next. And I think this is a... Let's see. Oh, oh, okay. So this did hit on my needle phobia too. Yes. Because the idea, like, as I've written here, page 14, the idea of giving up control of what someone injects into you, ugh. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Like, like, ugh. And the idea, the idea that she had to, and I could totally relate to her panicking and she's like, you can't just do this to me randomly. And, and I don't know. And, and then realizing she didn't know how much was actually being given to her at a certain point that at that one point she like got three, three times the amount in order to keep her sedated longer. Oh no, no, so much. No, but totally valid on M's part because she was losing her shit. Yes. Yes. I could, I could understand and, why and M she didn't. read the details of her contract. She had known. I would so, not have been putting myself in that position <laughs> Yeah, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> Go into you a wouldn't cave. have gone into, into a cave without reading every word of that contract. Oh. You, you, you she didn't even ask for a briefing or anything. No. Like, yeah. yeah. Go down yeah. there. Let's go. But I, I, I had come. Like I knew she was doing the injection, but I had yeah. forgot that that like added into my other phobia, and I hadn't known that was going to be present when I picked this book. But like the idea of giving up, like someone could just like, and like it's not even like. M could approach her and, and give her the shot and give a reaction. She was doing it remotely. The idea that someone could inject anything into you remotely without like any warning. Whoa. Huh. Okay, you just make a lot of sense. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't, 
I, I didn't like that. I mean, I, I enjoyed the book, but that is that is a that is a, a, a make me squirm move Drogo kind of moment. Um, Nobody is after you, Daenerys. Drogo, go on. Okay, so what go was on. my? Go on. Oh, so you know, talking about her descriptions, I noted on page two two thirty. I noticed that. One of the ways that her, like, more intense moments, and I think that was when uh, Guy or Gear was on her own and she was starting to panic. And I noticed that the author actually did a really good job of of writing panic in a way that your brain actually processes it. Because she, because sh- I've studied writing and, and one of the ways you make those more intense moments intense is you shorten your sentences or you use a lot of, like, small subordinate closets so that those commas rapidly feel like like thoughts clicking over rapidly and she on page 230 is the best example of that where she did both the shortening of sentences and the lots of fragments toppled onto each other so it felt like thought um so i was i was like i was really impressed with like Oh, she's an exceptional writer she's she's a very i'm part way through the other book that we might do at another time but um either way she's an exceptional writer she's 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 good and and she understands um pacing pacing and literary type and and all of that in order to present feelings yeah yeah did you did you get that sarah did you notice that or or have thoughts on it for writing like Um, the, the use to to increase those intense moments I didn't really notice those elements so much, um, but they did. It did feel very familiar. Okay. Like all the hallucinations and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, it feels very realistic, um, very relatable. Okay. Wow. Do you hallucinate often? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. i'm sorry can you please explain uh so i i get them a lot when i am trying to go to sleep okay if the room is a certain uh i think it has to do with the light in the room like if it's pretty dark but not fully dark or maybe if it's fully dark i don't know i don't usually sleep in full dark um when i'm falling asleep i usually don't fall all the way I just kind of almost get there and then kind of wake back up. And so what often happens in that moment is I get uh, sleep demons, sleep demons, sleep paralysis style or I mean that too, but that's a different thing entirely. Um, (laughs) You get images, your, 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 your eyes see things. Hallucinations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a dog snarling at me under my dresser. I know this is just a shadow. So if I look at it long enough, it will stop being a dog. Or if I get up and attack it, it will definitely stop being dark. But it's like... Have you gotten up to attack them yet? Oh, all of, yeah. That is like, awesome. It took me a long time to realize what was going on. So, like, in the beginning, I would, like, hide under my blankets and then just, like, wait and then check later and I'd be more awake so I wouldn't see it anymore. Um, and then it progressed to, like, getting up and, like, or, like, sitting up and aggressively staring at it. And then when I got really frustrated, I would get up out of bed and just hit it because that would make it disappear. <laughs> nice. Um, oh my god. Then I moved 
it took a while for it to start up again. And then I just went back to staring at them. And now I just keep my blinds open. It lets enough light in that I don't, that I can see clearly. So my brain doesn't just make shit up. See, I'm the exact opposite. I have to have pitch black or I see all the things and I, I, I can't stand it. I, I, I want it to be dark so that there is nothing there. It is no. just, just pitch black yeah, and all sleep. I just don't know. I have a mixture of the two <laughs> um, because I would prefer it to be all black. Um, however, due to anxieties, depressions and stuff that I have, um, I, I can't sleep in absolute silence. Um, I like get consumed by my thoughts is the only way I can, I can yeah, explain I it. Yeah, I can't sleep. Yeah. Alone. So, I, but I, if it's dark, not quite dark enough in my room, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I go like get up to go use the restroom or something, I swear to God, I see people in my room all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I've had, I don't have it often, but I've had a couple of cases of sleep paralysis where I'm hearing things and seeing things and I'm stuck and I'm, I can't move. And I know it's sleep paralysis because I know what sleep paralysis is. Oh God, explaining that to my sister was hilarious because she didn't realize she was experiencing sleep paralysis, um, until I told her about an experience I had. What did she think was happening? She thought she was seeing ghosts. Oh, or a demon. My, my, Allie, yeah, she, she, she didn't know sleep paralysis was a thing and never thought to ask any of us about it until like two years ago when I was like, oh God, I was sleep, I had sleep paralysis on the couch and I could hear children laughing in the house and I was all alone and I was staring at Dub when she was a puppy and I couldn't, I'm like, Dub's going to get up and do something and I'm, I can't move. I can't react. I'm just going to watch the, the dog, the puppy exist and I'm hearing children laughing and I told it to my sister and she's like oh yeah that happens to me all the time and I went Allie you know that's sleep paralysis and she went what's that and Martin looked at her and went how do you not know what sleep paralysis is because he experiences it all the time um man we just all have a bunch of pairs on here if there's something going on here <laughs> oh, oh well, I've I mean, never I'm, experienced sleep paralysis oh I mean never. I have but not like that that vivid see things it's oh just, i'm just lying i'm trapped in my body i can't really see anything i can't do anything so in that way when her suit went totally dark and she couldn't move i was like oh yeah there, yeah, yeah no no there are a couple of times and there are some sometimes where i wake up or i'm starting to wake up in my room and the shadows will be just the right way that it looks like a person mm. and i'm like if i could just move my I can, and your your eyes get fixated on a point you can't even move your eyes yeah, you away um and my eyes will open up and i'll be staring at this thing i was like if i could just look away and look back at it i would be able to determine what it actually is but instead i'm staring at it and i, I don't panic that's the nice thing is i never panic in sleep paralysis the only time was when with the puppy and that's because i couldn't figure out i wasn't waking up fast enough um in fact i was slipping in and out of sleep over and over again so i just kept like tripping yeah. into it um but yeah, if I, I hate it because I can't look away and so I'm seeing something and my brain's going, that's a person. And and my brain's also going, no, it's not a person, but we can't do what we need to in order to deperson it. Um, but yeah, no, Allie had no clue what sleep paralysis <laughs> was. And she was like, oh, I wonder if she was like, I wonder how many things I've thought are ghosts are. You know, it's like, well, that's where you get all your ghost stories from. Probably. Sleep paralysis. Well, there's there's other things about Allie, but we're not going to get into it. We've discussed my siblings so much. Um, we should probably get permission before we discuss some, some of that other stuff. stuff. But but in this case, yeah, she she didn't know what sleep paralysis was. Martin has sleep paralysis all the time, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that yeah, happened all the time." Um, 
And so, yeah, when she was trapped in the suits and, and was waking up or when she was seeing things, I was just like, oh, I can I can commiserate with that. Going yeah. back to the book. Yes. Back yeah. to the book. Yeah, I could. She the, the author clearly had an, a real comprehensive idea of what. Things she wanted to touch on, and, yeah. and she came up with ways to enact all of those things on the main character, and and put her in situations where, well, I think sensory deprivation was a huge, and it, I think it was all things that we as readers, even if we haven't been in that exact situation, we we could. I mean, we all three of us could look at this and relate to elements of that sense of entrapment, and be like, oh yeah, I've experienced this. Um, so while. You know, we're not like we're not in space on a cave with creatures. Sorry about that. Cats were being cats. And, and Kim was talking about drop kicking them because <laughs> today. OK, but um, I can't remember what I was saying other than she just. just yeah, she, she, she writes these 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 realistic moments that yeah. allow you to imagine this situation. Yeah, that was unfortunate for the amputation part. Oh, I remember I was reading. I was like, "Oh God!" is what I said out loud like, <laughs> when reading it. I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" Yeah, I was really yeah. mad about that part. I was oh, like, I mean, I get that she was panicking and like out of her mind. But I was like, "Dumbass!" You just chopped your arm off, and then like everything that followed, I was like feeling lightheaded, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so so. So that part was particularly b- bodily amputation. Like makes uh, you squeamish. I yeah. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Well, and then if I remember correctly, it has been over a week since I read it. She couldn't have pain meds. No, she didn't want the pain meds. She kept shouting, don't give them to me. Right, yeah. And by that point, Anne felt guilty enough about tricking her that she didn't give them to her. And afterwards, guy or gear was like, yeah, maybe you should have given them to me. And she's like, yeah, but, you know. I like how her name is permanently guy or gear. (laughs) Every time you say say a bullshit. That's because my brain is just like, it's taking everything I have not to say it all three ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Because we know me and my need to say things three times in order to correct them. Um, So, yeah, no. (laughs) Okay, so let's let's talk about um, Isolde. Okay. Was she in the cave? Because I I don't think it's I don't think it's clarified. I don't think we ever get a definitive she was Gears imagination. She was a spore person. Um she was still living in the cave. Yeah, I, I or is she just a spirit? I don't know. I don't think she's alive. You don't think she's alive? We don't find her body, but very large cave system. Um, but how would she, like, how would she and Eli both survive? She would have to be out of her suit. We don't have that many batteries between them. Yeah, um, but I don't think she went down in a Well, okay, I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't think, think it was clarified. That the suit is necessary. Because the first time they went the down, they didn't have the suit. Yeah. Because theoretically, unless it was only drawn by voices. I think that's what was, we determined by, they determined by the end of it. It wasn't actually heat, well, it was voices. It, it was also voices, is the thing. It's like they knew voices were, well, but they and didn't I think, know and about the heat. I think sure. that's what made the tunnelers terrifying, is that you just didn't know. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I was disappointed that we saw them. 
Yeah. I didn't want to know what they looked like. Yeah. I just I, imagined I, like, I, giant little white isopods like just <laughs> scuttling around. Oh, I, I giant like, like giant worm thingies. I can't even remember how close. Yeah. yeah. I liked the fact that um like Star Wars, you know, the thing that comes out God. of the sand. That's totally sorry. Might as well just say Dune. Or Dune, but like yeah. Yeah, Dune. anyway, I like the fact that within the rocks she could feel the tunneler. Yeah. That was that was creepy. That was because you're Because then you could feel the intensity like increase. Yeah, it yeah, closer, yeah, so it's creepy. closer and it's yeah, going away. I didn't want her to actually see it and like destroy that mystery behind what it was. Yeah. I thought it was a good play in the writing though, because we got the description of what happened to the one guy and he got chopped in half by the tunneler. That when she does finally get to where she is actually in the same exact location as the tunneler, it was it was intense. It it made that scene much more intense because it's like she's got to get out of this. And granted, there's you know the rest of the book to go, so you you knew she was going to get out of it. But it was she dies, and the rest of the book is just energy. <laughs> yeah, just energy. Go shit. Saying her name over and over again. Beer, cheer, 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 whatever it is. Cheer. But anyway, I I thought that I thought that was a good good writing technique having having somebody else experience this without any description of the actual tunneler, just knowing what physically happened to the guy who encountered the tunneler, and then. Well, and then her. and then the whole it it uh the water scene where she comes up against the dead bodies because of the tunneler. Oh. Oh, that's that was, right. Yeah. Why didn't she take a sample of that water? I wanted to know what was in it. She has a sampler in her suit. She didn't take yeah. it. Yeah. Like, she's like asking Emma, is this water? Is this water? It's like, took your sampler with your finger. You're in the water. <laughs> she didn't. So now yeah, because it, it was, it was weird. Although, okay, so this is totally random. I don't know if it was that it wasn't necessarily water, if it was maybe the temperature of the water that wasn't being addressed, because I know in Lake Superior... They have a whole bunch of, because we were watching Expedition X this week, because... Random. Random. Um, And they were talking about the fact that the steamboat is really well preserved because of the temperature of the water. It's very, very cold, so not a lot of creatures are down there, and so it wasn't, like, the wood wasn't decomposing. In in this book, it it addresses, there was a chemical There was a chemical, okay. Preserving the bodies. Or was Um, that just an assumption that they made? Well, everything was an assumption, because, because... Gear didn't know how to work her suit again because yeah. she didn't pay attention in the beginning. Yeah, um, she was not a bright human being. She she had she but, had a skill set and she wanted to get out. That and that's it. She had a drive. She wanted off of that planet and mm-hmm. she knew the only way she was. It kind of reminds me of the Tibetan the the Sherpas. Mm-hmm. In order to make money in Tibet, you got to drag these stupid white people who want to climb Mount Everest. Your body's adapted to this situation because you live up there. Yeah. And so this is where you make your money. And that I, that correlation really struck me in this book is, is you've got these specific people. They have specific skill sets and other people use them to yeah. achieve their ends. And um, so she, she had a skill set that she taught herself and she wanted off of that planet, um, which is weird. I, I wish we could have gotten the scene in the end. But anyway. Well, we're not talking about the end yet. Um, I can't remember what I'm going to say now. So, okay. So, you know, discussing all of this, 
and this is where we at one point were talking about it and we stopped talking about it because we didn't want to like get too far we into it. We actually controlled ourselves really well, well for this, this one. one. It was she said, I think it's this, and I said, I disagree. And then you walked well, away. And then, and then <laughs> no, she we did literally, walk away. Literally, we didn't so, get into the so, debate. So what did you that at least, is like, to each other? I might have done that on the way out. <laughs> when so, the back was turned to me. And okay, let me let me find what I was thinking. So it's gonna take me just a second. Yeah, that's right, book. <laughs> it's a sad, sad situation. We have multiple books in front of us. Okay. Let's see here. Okay, I think I found it. So I'm going to state what my my point of view on all of this was, which is why I hate the dynamic of M and Gear together. And that's because it makes me think of Stockholm Syndrome, where you come to rely upon a person and need them. And so you, you kind of... That's not Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, then what, what, what is that? Stockholm Syndrome is where you... Somebody takes advantage of you, abuses you in some way, safe, way, shape, or form, and then you identify with them as a savior for you. So what they'll do is they'll remove privileges, punish you, and then give you little the, rewards. Teeny is, tiny rewards to that eventually you see them as your savior rather than your abuser. And then you start to identify with their point of view. So, no. My argument is I think that is totally their relationship. I just wasn't explaining right. what it is very well. And, and there's on page 233, there were two passages that that screamed, that screamed at, at it at to me that the, that made me think this is their entire dynamic. So I'm going to read it out loud. She thought of M and her voice and her instructions. She'd ended up relying on M even when she thought she was pushing against her. The give and take the company just having her close at hand to double check years thinking she had needed it and now she needed it even more she craved the sight of m's face the sound of her voice she even wanted the warmth of her touch too the solidity of her body curled around gear's own she could practically feel it her cheeks burned at the thought from longing and shame she wanted to laugh at herself at her own stupidity longing for m beautiful selfish cruel m who she needed desperately who she relied on mm-hmm and so I did not want them ending up together at the end because I, I, I completely and utterly felt like it was a Stockholm syndrome and that and, I mean, yeah, and conditioned I, gear to her. I didn't feel it was entirely romantic. If you focused down onto that one paragraph, yes, that, that it read strongly Stockholm syndrome. Um, and, and it probably is. It's just not... Um, it, it, it didn't come across as enough of her coming to identify with him for me. Well, to, but she wanted to, to yeah. find the body. She wanted to give him. Yeah. The, I, I feel like she identified too heavily with him. Yeah, is, I, 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 I can't argue that what I'm saying is yeah. for me. Yeah. For me, it didn't come across. I actually liked their dynamic. I don't think they're going to healthily end up together on a permanent basis. I think, um, so we're talking about the end? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think that the scene will happen where 
gear walks into wherever her mother's at in full gear, rips off her helmet. I can't remember how it all played out. In the yeah. Um, and then turns around, turns her back to her mother and walks away. I think then their relationship dissolves. I think M will get gear to that point. Mm-hmm. And that's where maybe I'm coming away. It's not necessarily Stockholm syndrome because the abuse is typically very one way. Um, to where the victim then identifies and does whatever the, the abuser wants. Um, and I've not studied Stockholm syndrome in any depth, so I don't really know. Um, but M was then to the point where, okay, I'm going to give you everything you want. I have the means, I have the, the motive. I will give you everything you want and I will get you out of that cave in order for you to achieve it. I think M was using Gear's problems and her her issues with her mother and all of that in order to keep Gear alive, not necessarily to abuse her with it. So in the beginning, it was clearly abuse. I think by the end, they come to a mutual place. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't trust. I I think Gear thinks it was a mutual place. I don't trust that it was actually a mutual, mutual place and that that wasn't still just more manipulation in order to avoid well, the crashing that, of her mother's company. No, I don't see. And that's where it, it comes down to if you liked M or didn't like M, you're yeah. going to see M. In, in well, I liked way. M, but I still, I still don't. I still can't think that she wasn't. I, that that no that there was like double negatives canceling each other out or something I don't know um, I, I still think it was manipulative of M all the way to the very end. No, whether good manipulation or bad manipulation, I feel like she was manipulating her all the way to the I end. I think she was manipulating her. her purposefully to keep her alive, but I think her intense. What does intentions. Sarah think? Yeah, does what does Sarah, Sarah think? think? You're not talking. Hmm. Um, there's a fly, so the cats are going to be after the fly. Yeah. So. I don't, I, yeah, I didn't really think of it as her manipulating her, other than to keep her alive, like to try to keep her going. Um, granted, she did want her to go back into the hell sump um, the second time because she did still really want those answers. But I don't really see her as being uh, like a uh, premeditated like manipulation sort of thing where it, I just think she wanted to get her out of the cave. She didn't want her to die. But she also really wanted to know or to see what was at the end of that sump because um, she couldn't really go on without knowing. Um, even in the beginning, when she was like when she gave her the adrenaline shot to wake her up, which was very excessive, especially like later on when you know her more as a person. It's like, why did you do that? Um, I think that she wanted to keep her distance because she does feel bad about killing these that when these people die. So she doesn't want to be close to them. She doesn't want to talk to them. And then once she does talk to them, you see she cares about them, like with that uh, gear. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with what I'm saying, but <laughs> middle ground between the two of us. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like. Really, yeah, I, I guess. I, I mean, I agree that I think that she was manipulating her specifically, but to keep her alive. Okay. Like, not, yeah. like I do think that she cared about her. She didn't want her to die like all the, like a lot of the others. Did what? you want them to be together? Uh, I had no feelings on that whatsoever. Okay. I wasn't sure. So that's why I thought I'd, I'd check. So, 
I think I don't think she intended any of them to die. I think we by the end, we really get a feeling that she actually tried with all of them. She actually yeah. cared about all of them. There was something about their interaction. And I think that speaks more to Gear's personality uh, in the fact that because Gear fought back so hard against yeah. every decision M was making that M was like, OK, wait a minute. This one's different. This one's unique. And they kind of touch on it also in that she was doing psychological profiles when she was mm-hmm. picking her her victims, if you want to call them that. Her, her, her uh, what were they? Cavers? Cavers, when she yep. was picking them. Her victims. And the implication being that gear was the perfect psychological mix. And so, but she didn't want gear to know that there was a connection with all of the ones that yeah. previously had died. Um, what was it, like 50? It sounds so, like, like, it's 27. Oh, 27. 27 died out of, like, 30. Yeah, 35. Yeah. 35. Yeah. Um, that sounds so serial killer. I know, but, but, but it really was. Yeah. And, 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 and Gear actually calls her a serial killer, killer yeah. throughout, throughout the book several times, not, like, throughout, but... Like three or four times, maybe it, it said that she's a serial killer. Uh, but interestingly, that. she used one of her previous cavers who got out to go in and get gear out. Yeah. So um, obviously, there's a connection there. That that to me says this caver didn't go well. Okay, she totally you know drugged me, manipulated well, that me. That caver probably read the contract. She probably did knew what they were getting into. And or was already in the Stockholm syndrome, and so therefore would do hey, anything okay, that yeah, her. We'll, we'll go with your route. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Yes, that one would would if if that's the case, that would be <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Um, but no, I don't think it's a healthy relationship that's going to end. I think it's 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 going to be an intense relationship. Mm-hmm. What is it? Speed most. What is it? It, relationships based on intense situations don't tend to last. Yeah. You probably haven't seen Speed. Piano uh, Reeves when I was and, a kid, and, yeah, I'm okay. really scared of buses. But I don't. It, I saw it when I was really little, so I don't okay. remember anything about it except like the very uh, at, final scene. Right? At the very end, bus. after they get shot off the bus and they slide off into the, yeah, and I'm she's on top of him. Yeah, she says relationships born of intense situations don't tend to end yeah well but yeah. but yeah no i had noted on page 411 i just like how unhealthy that they ended up together i was just like no no see, I, I, I like them each individually but like together i was like no see i liked the psychological impact of these two coming together i, was, I expected it but yeah. i was just like yep no more noises for me because I'm like, uh. Um, also, <laughs> we're very noise oriented today. Also, because I was just looking at my notes, uh, and it was on page. Let me see here. As I look at my notes to see, oh, did I have the same page written down? Two four. <laughs> do you write the page numbers down? No, only on one thing, so I don't oh. know why I'm automatically <laughs> looking. Uh, on page two forty one. Is my my yeah, naked my you. naked witcher bothering you? No. <laughs> <laughs> for, I mean, it for, doesn't look like Witcher, but for yeah. context, I have a magnetic bookmark, and it's The Witcher in the bathtub. <laughs> Do you watch The Witcher? Yeah, I watched it. Can't wait for next season. God, what was it? I can't even remember where. Oh, so I I don't know what section it was on this page, but the idea of the constant overstimulus of the screens. Oh, and she yeah. was like, oh god! I was just like the idea that she couldn't like properly it was it was on one level i didn't want her to be in absolute darkness 
with with nothing. But you didn't want like, her to be able to see either. <laughs> no, but the idea of because I think at one oh oh it was that with M not there she couldn't she couldn't like M wasn't filtering out and so that idea of artificially being forced to see everything. So I. I found the exact opposite. I found the idea of M was filtering out. And at one point she says, what if there have been dead bodies that got filtered out? And I don't know. Oh, that, that That, bothered me too. But at the same time, I was just thinking about, about over, over stimulation, stimulation. And again, relating this back to myself. So, you know, obviously that's the best thing to do. Um, I know when I get really anxious, when I have like a panic attack and anxiety and, Becoming hyper aware of every sound, every movement that everyone makes, every like what the temperature is, what the way people are holding their bodies, how my own body is responding when I then can't like. I don't know how to explain. I mean, I know you you've had panic attacks before. I don't know if yours do that where you become like hyper aware of everything and you can't like shut off portions of what your brain's inputting Um, because normally our brains filter out you know, generic sounds and stuff. When I'm having a panic attack, I'm hearing everything. I'm, I'm seeing everything. I'm, I'm, I keep, I'm not filtering. So the idea of not only was she overstimulated in that situation, but she had no way to stop it because it was actually something else that was enhancing the situation of the stimuli as opposed to her brain just like, oh, no, I, I just... Anyway, she started to ask you. Yeah, does that what, I mean, I, I, I. Uh, so when I had, I mean, it's different because like the panic attack would be different from the anxiety attacks, although they both were similar, but like the panic attack, uh, it was mostly suffocate, feeling like you can't breathe, mm-hmm. so you hyperventilate, um, getting too hot, feeling overheated and then immediately feeling lightheaded, nauseous and about to pass out. So like there was no time to register any other sensations going on. So that's like, for me, I don't get that same okay. hyper awareness of everything. Yeah. It's all like hyper aware of certain internal things going wrong very quickly and needing to like sit down. And okay. Die. Well, I, cause I know, I don't know if Kim remembers this. There was not, I don't think it was last December, but it was the December before that there was a, at one point we were standing in the kitchen and I was having an anxiety attack or panic attack. It, I have a hard time telling when it's one or the other. And her and my father were talking to me. And and then just suddenly I put my head down on the counter because the counter was really cool. And it was the only way I could I could stop everything else. And at least at the moment you reacted because you're like, Mike, stop talking. Stop. Stop. You you need to stop. Um, and they, they got quiet. So I had the chance. But like usually when I have that hyper stimulation, I have to find out something extreme, usually coolness. I don't know why. And again, this is something Kim's aware of because she's always like when she, when I'm having anxiety, she's like, how do we cool you down? Um, but usually I have to have like a really extreme thing to focus on because I cannot get the other stimulus out. I cannot filter it. My brain's not doing what it's supposed to. But yeah, at that point, I like I put my head on the on the table because I just. <laughs> so this book touched every oh, psychological problem that I in your, in, your, in your lexicon of, of issues. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah, the idea of, of overstimulation was ugh, not not fun. But I wasn't sure if you if you if you related to that at all or if, if it uh, didn't play out the same the way which you're that I was bothered by was the suit not mm-hmm. being able to like 
touch yourself. Yeah. Because it's like, I'd get itchy. And then I would just sit there and focus on it. But you wouldn't be able to alleviate it. Yep. And then it would just be this building sensation. And, and that I get that with dry skin on my back. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like. But at least you can like, if you had to, you can rub up against something. Yep. Like with yeah. the suit on. Like you wouldn't oh. be able to get that sort of relief. So I was like, how could she like. When she was talking about like the itchy pain of the. Oh, yeah, the cannula? The cannula. Yeah, the cannula. No, not the cannula. The cannula. Oh, I was just like, oh, God. That was not helping with the injection issue. And they're like, yeah, it might have shifted a millimeter. And I was just like, what? Why would you do that? Why is that the mechanism? Like, is that the best mechanism for suits for these people who might be, like, getting banged around and, like, falling short distances and stuff? It's like, I mean, is it just a, like... A tool so that she could include the part where it gets ripped free, and then she's like in incredible. Probably, in probably. Right. yes. I mean, I mean, this like, suit is completely. So it's like this seems pretty high tech, but then this solution to eating and pooping is just like not. I mean, then you don't have to risk. The only thing I can think of is then you don't have to risk the person needing to be able to get out of the suit. I think the one thing no, that the, what you have to remember is she knew about the spores. So there could not be exposure, exposure to, to the, the spores. spores. And the one point that Gear actually exposes herself to the spores, they were disconnected. And that's when she drew the water, the water in, in yeah. and, and, and swapped out the suit. And that's when the hallucination started. Well, did they start then or did they start slightly before? Because she saw Isolde on the island. She was on the boat and Dory started cycling the water when she saw it. Yeah. And she looked up and she saw. Yeah, I remember her being on the raft. Yeah. But what started before was knowing somebody had accessed the previous Previous caches. And so then she's like, wait a minute, who's here? Who's here? Who's here? That was her own psychology. Yeah. Then she gets into the one, what was it? uh, Cave five. Five. And she walked through the spores. Well, okay, that was fine because she is cut off from her environment. And that's the big thing is this This is supposed to be like a space suit. It's, yeah. it's cutting her off from her environment. So, yeah, because the way it was described is she would take her little food mush packet, hook it in, and it was enclosed. Yeah. Yeah. Then the food would go in. I just in. feel like there yeah. are other ways. Of going oh, I'm sure there could have been. <laughs> yeah, but then she would have had to have carried enough of whatever with her. I don't... I, I mean, like, maybe that would have been a different, like, you know, delivery system. I mean, maybe it would have been the same packet thing. And maybe, yeah, maybe it yeah, would have cooked up for colon better. Just shove something I, up there. I would know. bet that this author has done enough research to find out how it is that they keep long-term coma patients. Because you can't just give them an IV fluid. I mean, or she people who have... About, yeah. She was familiar with colostomy patients or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird, like but when it was being like so moving, it, so you you got into the you looked into what the author said. I didn't I think do this. I saw this on Goodreads. I'm, okay, I'm honestly yeah. not sure, but I I might have I mean, gotten that particular that, part. That's interesting. I feel that, like that, I looked up. So she's got like, somebody. Yeah, in this slightly more sophisticated future. It's like two hundred years in the future. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's in the author, like the acknowledgments or something. I don't think it was in the. Oh, maybe it was in the acknowledgments. Let me look. So I, I got to tell you, the the sci fi aspect of this, I thought she did a really good job. I love the suit. I love the idea. I love the gel in the suit because you know you'd have to keep the the skin um, moist. moist, so that you don't get dry scabby shit. And then she breaks her suit and and she ends up with dry scabby shit. And yeah, infections. I thought that was really good. I love the sci-fi aspect of this book. 
And Amber's reading. Yeah, I'm so trying to gonna... find it. I know. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere, or I just imagined it. No, I'm sure you read it. But I, I would, I would say she would have to have because she knew enough about what she was, what, yeah. what she was describing. Um, and it is something that I know that is a problem: is they will become detached, and they have to be swapped out. You know, as a feeding method, you'll have to be removed and. And, and people can get infections in them if they're not properly taken care of. Um, I'm not seeing it on here. However, she, at the very ending, she mentions her mother. It said, you taught me how to write, how to love, and how to grieve. I only wish you were still here so I could share this story with you. Um, I don't have context as to what that means. What that means. Um, I mean, I can check on Goodreads. It might. I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> Except for the fact that it legitimizes that. You have to fact check me. I have to fact check I was going to say, we're not legitimizing what Sarah says. No, I'm legitimizing has, what Sarah says. She has the right to say whatever it is she wants to say. So it's like gyrate or gyroscope. Okay, so you you must have read it on here because you did this. I mean, is I definitely read sock. that comment about the gyre. Let's see. Also, uh, she'll always be dear to me. <laughs> And it's kind of an emphasis on the I aspect of the Y. It's not gear. It's gear. Make it more of an I rather than a... Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I can't figure out where Sarah read this. I'm assuming... Anyway. Could have just made it up. Yeah, I'm going to assume you made it up. You're such a liar. You're such a liar, Sarah. God. (laughs) That was sarcasm on my end for people who struggle with that. But yeah, um... So you didn't think they should end up together? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I honestly, like, for a good portion of that ending, I wasn't even sure if it was really happening or if we were just going to find out, like... It was all in her head. <laughs> yeah, like, at some point, if she'd gotten, like, lodged in the rocks. Like, when she first got, like, sucked into the the suction thing um, in the hell zone. I was like, what if she just like got trapped and it's just and then now, it's a hallucination? Like, oh god, is, that would be so cool. Which I was prepared to be really oh, pissed about. Actually, to be fair, I was expecting us to find out that everything past the spore stomping. Yeah, that that oh, it was all. I I was expecting yeah. that that she was just or like once she was in the water. Yeah, and maybe and, and maybe just, this is all actually the ending because it didn't go past the spores. The, the, no, the good resolution because. Oh. How did she survive the tunneler attack? Because oh, because like... when now, granted, when the original group went in, mm-hmm. I don't think tunnelers were a known thing. They, they weren't were known, there. yeah, yeah. Um, so his not surviving that made sense. Yeah. Her surviving it made sense. Yeah. However, how did she survive it? Because yeah. she ran really hard. She, you know, I mean, that's pretty much what was described. She well, just I'll be ran. Honest. Because I was, <laughs> I was working a shift at the library yesterday, and I think about the point that that was happening, someone needed my help with computers. <laughs> so I can't say that I understand the context really well, because I think I, I had to step away midway through it, and then I came back and, like, was trying to remember what I was reading. And, and yeah, because, you know, I was reading in the library. Shocker. <laughs> I know Sarah was jealous of that. <laughs> but you read at work? That's not right. No, no, not as a librarian. That's not allowed. I'm not supposed to know books. Um, but yeah, so I don't know that I understood the context ah, of that situation. Oh, she found Wikipedia. it. Wikipedia. Starling okay. Starling also utilized information on feeding tubes and colostomy bags that she gained from a family member diagnosed with colon cancer. As this would provide an elegant solution. 
and a far grosser and prone to specific complications during the course of the book. So it it does make me wonder if it was, unfortunately, probably her Her mother. mother. Yeah. But a a good use of an experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a writer, that's what you do. And and I will say that did, uh, in terms of both M and Gear Guy or Jer. Oh, three times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're trying to understand who their mothers mean for them was very strong in this. Oh, yeah. This was very much a mother's daughter story. Yeah. You didn't I like could have that. done without um, Jire's whole mother thing. I was like, I don't even care. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, but, but abandonment I, is strong. Yeah, but it's like, it just I found it, like a weird I moment found to it, be obsessing over when she's, I mean, I know she's trying to get off the planet, planet. for her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I found the hypocrisy of she didn't give two shits about her dad in all of that. I thought he was dead and then it was like, oh, he's actually alive? Yeah, he's so, going to inherit all your money if you die. It's like, okay, <laughs> she doesn't care about the parent that was there and taking care of her. Yeah, she's, she's obsessed with the parent that, abandon- Except- and abandonment issues are a major, major, psycho. this is a major psychological book. They, yeah. This, this writer knows what she's talking about when it comes to psychology. Yeah. Um, and, and people's reaction to their experience, particularly when they're quite young. And she, and Gear was quite young when her mother yeah. left a note and said, follow me. Okay. Now I was confused <laughs> Did her mother have the other family and ahead of time? Ahead of time, and Gear was a product of an, an affair? affair. Could be okay. I, I couldn't. I, I wasn't. Addressed. I wasn't really get that feeling. But okay, it could be because it was never explicitly. I, I, well, because yeah. I know there was the moment where she was like, "Yeah, I wasn't. My mother wasn't planning for me. My mother was highly educated. She came here oh, to no. study, and then ended up getting stuck here." Yeah, I feel like uh, if it had happened in that way, um, M would have mentioned it because she was kind of giving her her brief history of how her mother ended up on that planet and everything. So I feel like she well, would yeah, I wasn't sure if that's actually what that was trying to say. I got the impression that it, it the, the family came afterwards. Okay, okay. And I wasn't was, sure. She didn't, she, you, you end up in a place that you don't really belong for a long period of time. You end up hooking up with somebody, you end up pregnant. Um, she never intended to be there. She never yeah. intended to live there. Yeah. She was a, she was an, a sophisticated, educated person, and these were all supposed to be more less inclined. Does anybody know Firefly? Mutters. Oh, if no. anybody knows Fireflies, they know the reference. Um, and so they're they're not lower class. Yeah, they're lower class. They and collar workers. Yeah, yeah. And so she ended up hooking up with somebody and got pregnant. Um, why she wouldn't take her daughter with her is beyond me. Other than she couldn't continue with her very sophisticated life if she had this yeah. unfortunate exactly. accident that one then has to deal with. <laughs> Just resist the urge and move on. <laughs> and edit so, that out of the... Yeah. And then we're good at that. And so. I'm so confused. Got it. Okay, so um, do either of you have a quote? I do. Go ahead. You go first. Uh, I mean, kind of. I didn't okay. write down in my quotes, but I did write it down. Okay. Um, and it was just, it was pretty much the moment where it actually kind of got creepy for me. Okay. And it was the part where it said her headlamp, uh, it was when she was coming down the rope okay. over the water. And it just said her headlamp also showed a figure standing in the water figures sank below the surface and it was just like so matter of fact and i was like oh that was i page, remember that yeah page 215 and you had texted me when i was like at page 230 so i was still in this like you were coming out of it yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. was that was cr- 
creepy. The other time, too, that gave me chills was when she had looked, when she was in Camp Four, I think. Mm-hmm. And she had looked up and she saw the suit. Like, she said Jenny was in the wall. And I was like, how did Jenny move? And then <laughs> I you find the out, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Whoa. I was like, who's down there? Why? My thought was, who the fuck? Who's down there? Why did they move the body? What a way to mind fuck with her. I was Oh, I thought someone had moved it to mind fuck with her. And I was like, of all the things you could do, why would you use the effort to move a body to mind fuck someone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and once Eli took his suit off, like he would have been totally blind. Like, oh. was he even? I mean, I guess he knew that she was there if he had his headlamp and like his HUD setup was working. But was he in his suit? St- I thought the implication is he got trapped there in the suit. Well, the and suit- so he was just staring down at her when the suit failed. No, the suit was empty. Because okay. it said like that it was the head was tilted forward, but like part of it was missing, so she could see the back of the helmet. Oh, okay. Which is why it's like, where does where does this body? And know. she just cut off that rope too that she saw hanging that she didn't. I know, know. she was I she was, was brutal. I was like, girl, because he I might mean, have been at the end of that, that rope. She could have just like, and that's where, to see and that's was... where I think she got to the point where she could finally say, okay. Although she still blamed M for everything yeah, at that point. Monster, but yeah, she's yeah, just like... but she mercilessly cut a rope. You know what? If I didn't know who the fuck was down with me, and they were taking my supplies. And I, I didn't know who's on that rope. I would have probably cut the rope, too. I'm not disagreeing. And, and, then, and then knowing, because she already knew about, she was already questioning whether she was hallucinating or not. Yeah. And knowing that there might have been something causing her to hallucinate. Um, yeah, and it's, she has well, and it's like no your idea. Thing. You, you interact with any hallucination you feel in order to prove it's wrong. Yeah. Wrong. So... Yeah, yeah, that I, is true. I could not disagree with her cutting the rope. I was like, you know what? If was there that was before? Or after, that was after the spores, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. She she knew she was already potentially hallucinating. Yeah. Um, because by that point she'd been hearing the hum, the the singing, and oh, yeah, the saw humming. the bugs. The humming. Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, I don't blame her for cutting the rope. I I, I, I probably don't blame her. I probably would have done, done the exact same. Well, I don't know if I would have thought of it. I don't. I, I, at the moment, I, I remember I mean, thinking, I definitely I, wouldn't have been in that cave if it had been me. Oh, so. I would not have been either, but... <laughs> I guess in that situation, I feel like I would have, like, tugged the rope just to see if there was I would have seen if there was, I would have seen if there was weight on it. I wouldn't have wanted to know if there was weight on it. Because if there's weight on it, then you could just... I mean, Eddie, if there was someone coming up to get you, you could just cut it at any point, but... Yeah. I don't no. know. Yeah. If there was weight on it, it, nope, I would have just cut it. I would not have wanted to know if there was weight on it. I wouldn't want to know if I was killing someone. I wouldn't want to know if there was somebody else in a space that there wasn't supposed to be somebody. I would have just cut it. But I am also the kind of person where when I think there is, like, a ghost situation, I'm going to figure out what it is. The only time I do not react is when I hear knockings on the front door. Oh, no, I still looked at the ring, but, like, if someone's knocking, I freeze and hold still. <laughs> I will make sure you are not aware I am there. <laughs> she had she had a ring incident recently. Somebody pounding on the door well, at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and, and then when they then um, all of the doors on the GMC were open. When Allie came home, right? No, in the morning. In the morning, so somebody had gotten into our 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 one the vehicle we don't drive very much. Left all the doors open. Oh, so they actually opened them. Yeah, and yeah. left them open. So the back okay, was so open I, and all so the doors were open. No, no, okay, no. so for context, because now people are going to, like, want the full story. I was reading Home Before Dark, which is a psychological thriller, and it was <laughs> creeping me out. And I was in mostly the dark because I had lights on because I was doing TikTok videos for the weekend because I was watching the dogs. Uh, my brother was in the other room, and my nephew was asleep. And... 
there was loud pounding at the door. I thought it was my sister because she um, works nights and she, she works nights, but also because my family, if they have their hands full, they'll pound loudly on the door to get someone's attention to, to get them open the door. So I shouted out, Allie, is that you? Do you need help? Heard nothing. So I sat there for a moment. And I'm like, I'm not going to go fucking answer the door. It's 10 o'clock at night, 1030 at night. I don't know who answered the door if it's not Allie. And she would be shouting at me by now. So then I pulled up the ring thinking, okay, I'll see who, if it shows anyone. Showed no one coming to the door. On. No, no light was on. There was no one at the door. It didn't, it didn't trigger as someone being there. Um, then my brother comes out and I'm like, were you just pounding in your room? Cause I thought, cause his, his room is next to where the door is. So the sound could have been from the same. And he's like, no. And I was like, That's really did he hear the pounding on the door? No, he didn't hear it. So, okay, so now that tells me that nobody pounded on the door because when the fire came through, mm-hmm. when the women came and pounded on the door, he's the first one that heard it. Oh, I he hear heard too. them. He heard them yell, "There's a fire! We okay, gotta but go!" But he had been drinking, so I don't. <laughs> he probably had been drinking the other night too. I'm anyway. not sure of the awareness of the pounding. Okay, anyway. So then in the morning, I get up and Allie's like, "Did one of you guys get in the GMC last night?" And then open all the doors. After I came home, saying after she said, because I had told her about the knocking, and I was like, mm. and no one had used the GMC. No, oh, okay. not for like two days. Okay. And I'm like, no, why? And she's like, the trunk's wide open and the front door was closed. She's like, I didn't see the, I didn't, it wasn't open last night. The when front she door came was in. open, not closed. You just said closed. She closed it, but the the back was fully still fully open okay. when she was talking to me in the morning. And she's like, and I, I didn't. She's like, I don't remember it being open when I came home. And she came home about midnight, one o'clock. And I'm like, well, did you hear any other knocking? And she's like, yeah, I heard knocking. And I didn't hear that knocking after she came home. So somebody oh. was out there while she was oh, in. Oh, yeah. And she's like, she's like, yeah, you, you, she's like, yeah, I, like, she was feeling creeped out and she came in. So she didn't see the door, but she was feeling creeped out. So she came straight in and stuff. And, and yeah, it was out there and stuff. So wait, all the doors in the GMC were open? No, I just, the doors, no, just no. So the, front the driver's door. front door was definitely unlocked when I went out there and the back was still open because she hadn't spotted the back being open and she'd come in and ask. Had it been locked me. before? We don't know. We don't know. Sure. Typically it's locked. Um, was anything missing? No, no. Well, there's nothing, there's in, nothing there. in it. Oh. We don't drive it much anymore. Martin will oh, drive it to work I didn't tell you while. the really weird thing. So the, really? There was something weirder than that? Weirder in coming in with that is uh, yesterday when I went to go drive to my, or not yesterday, the day before when I went to go drive to the avenue, um, I got in my car and I was starting to drive away and my car was like, trunk open, trunk open, trunk open. So I step out of the car and I tap it and sure enough, it, it wasn't open, but it was loose, even though my door was locked, like the car was locked up. So I had to close the, the trunk and then continue driving. It's not weird. Your, I trunk, just, your trunk is weird. Mm-hmm. I find that when I drive your car, every once in a while, I hit the trunk button because the the the, the okay. key fob is 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 pretty compact. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, with the the, the thing happening with the GMC, it just added to it. So yeah, anyways, that's our weird stories, my weird incident, and how I very much know that if there was a rope there, I would cut it. However, if there's someone randomly knocking on the door, I don't answer that shit. <laughs> if I don't know you're coming. And I can't see you on the ring. I am not responding. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, it was a great choice of them. Like, good thing they didn't try to open the door or anything. Yeah. Um, well, I shouted. That is true. And I had Ronan out and stuff. So like, yeah, the dogs would have gone through their did. shit. I, they chose the house that has a Great Dane, a German, like two German shepherds, and a, a Saint, Saint Bernard. Bernard territorial Saint, Saint Bernard. Bernard. Yeah. Oh no! It it 
Yeah. And we talk about it every once in a while. Somebody was to break in the house, you know, just joking around because we do have. She's like, release Ronan. He'll take yeah, care of it. And, and that's what I, we do have guns. We don't keep the guns and the bullets together. And it's like, what what is the point behind, uh, in the state of California, we live in California, in the state of California, if you have guns and bullets in the same location and a child discharges the gun and somebody gets hurt, the person who owns the gun is going to jail because you put the guns and the bullets in the same location. So we have the bullets locked up. We have the guns locked up. They're not in the same place. So how is a gun going to protect me if somebody breaks into my house? And it's like, okay, Intimidate them? In our house, grab the pump action. Has no bullets in it, but you get to hear the racking of the... And yell... Release the dogs yeah. <laughs> because they are kenneled. But no, nobody's getting into this house and getting out without damage. That's just facts. But yeah, Guinness, not Guinness. Guinness is an old yeah, dog. Dark, um, dark. He's Ronan. passed away some years ago. Ronan, um, oh, it would not be pretty. I can't even imagine. I don't think this. Dove would be pretty either because Dove gets very I mean, protective of me. friendly, yeah. but isn't he like, doesn't he get terrified? Oh, no, he does, he does not like strangers. When someone, something startles him, he's not, he's not happy. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Masks, hats, sunglasses, glasses, um, anything that obscures your face. face. He knows you. He's known you oh. since yeah. he was a pup. He, yeah. You don't see his, he wants to see you. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you run the other way because you don't want to interact with him. He is a very large dog. He is a very large dog. When it comes to others, like when Khalif comes into the house, he loses his shit. Yeah, I remember shit. he did not like Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't... He, well, and then uh, Dove, I mean, we're so off topic today. I apologize to people listening, and uh, I'm just hoping you enjoy learning about our lives. Um, it's a two-hour-long podcast. Oh, no, we're in about an hour and 32 minutes right now. Half, well, like half hour to yeah. film this dead. But um, there's been a few times where, again, I've been watching the dogs, and Dove will come sleep in my room. And and while Ronan, like, like if he startles you, like, you startle him and he reacts, it's scary. His barking is scary. But I've actually been in a room alone with Dove when she decides that there's something threatening for me, at least. I don't know if she does this for the rest of the family. She'll start growling. At you? Or no. no she she just turns and you hear like a warning like, hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what I know. She doesn't like something. And then underneath these two giant dogs are these two, two German, deadly German, German shepherds, shepherds that you won't even know that they're <laughs> there or that they're coming. Or, or Angus. Angus would just... Well, Angus, I can imagine. I just can't imagine <laughs> Faye doing yeah. that. No, poor little, poor. Actually, Faye's bigger, the yeah. bigger of the two Too. German shepherds. But she's yeah. older. She's older. She's you she's got some, her, like, she's got some issues. Trundling after the other to finish. <laughs> and then she just walks control. up. No, when she moves. <laughs> oh yeah, when she's when she's ready. She's, well, she she's, is a German shepherd. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. okay, back to quotes. What is your quote? Quit, My Kim. quote, and and this kind of speaks some more of the fact that I actually liked these guys' relationships says they had broken each other open down in the dark, and now their wreckage was splayed out in the light. Gear recognized every inch of M, and M knew every inch of her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I like it. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful quote, but yeah, no, <laughs> I've already expressed my opinions yeah. on them. Okay, so mine, I actually have to pull out the book, because I didn't write it down, but I know exactly what it is, because it's the only mark in my book. And... <laughs> So, for context of this, I think, okay, I know looking at the author, the author is white. And typically white authors have a really hard time describing 
individuals of different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. They just use like very generic terms that bother me. So this was actually one of the most beautiful descriptions. I know what I know what quote you're gonna do. Most I love this. beautiful descriptions of M as a I'm gonna say a black woman. I think she's yeah or biracial because mother's Mom's white and I, yeah, yeah. Um, of a biracial woman. But it wasn't like an over exaggeration. It was just very. So here's the quote. Her hair was thick, pure back, black, haloing around her face in a mess of tight curls. Her skin was darker, darker than uh, gears, a rich, warm brown without freckles or moles. She was stunning. God, I cannot read. <laughs> even in her exhaustion, even though her full doll-like lips were chapped and torn from chewing at them. She pursed them as she thought about what to say next, the motion deepening the small cleft in her chin. I thought that is just about the most yeah. gorgeous description of someone describing an ethnicity other than the author's own. Yep. I can't say that I could picture what I don't think you're gear, meant to. gear looks like. Because um, but I could envision yeah. M yeah. and I felt an attraction towards M. Yeah. Don't we know she has red hair? I don't know. I just know that her hair was knotted into twists. Okay. Um, and I, so I didn't know if that was supposed to be just because to avoid. I thought it was mentioned early on that she had red hair, but I also did read like two books afterwards and at least one of them had a redheaded. Yeah. So... I, I, no, I honestly can't say I know what the main character looks like in this. I, I, I can't I visualize believe, her. I believe she was mixed race also. And yeah. I, I think the implication being is just about everybody. By the time we get into yeah. space, everybody's going to be some sort of mixed race. Biracial. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved that. That description, it was beautiful, yep. well written. It once again shows that this author has. When I when I got to that, I, I I immediately thought of you and the fact that we've talked about poor descriptions, like in tawny or or yeah. ebony. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she could have just said she had ebony skin or tawny skin, yeah. but no, she went through the effort to be like there are no no markings, but she has and the and not using that very very awful negative word of kinky yeah yeah she could have said she had kinky curls but she didn't oh, say okay. yeah, yeah, she yeah, has yeah. kinky I thought curls you meant, like as like a skin clothes like no i've never seen no any no, no. Brown skin. A, yep. a lot of the times for whatever reason um they were non-ethnic individuals like to describe them as kinky curls or or it ends up being that curls are described in this like kind of dirty messy thing as opposed to seeing them I as a think, beautiful hairstyle. I think it, over time, kinky became the more... Derogatory. No, let oh. me finish my sentence. Um, the the more nice way of saying nappy. Yeah. And nappy and kinky are... Now we've progressed to where... No, kinky, you're, you're, you're being derogatory. Um, no, I, I thought that was a beautiful description. description. And, and the fact that it emphasized quite nicely the beauty that all of these traits have. have yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you then, like, it, and again, this is me relating back to myself, <laughs> the chapped lips. Yeah. I, I chew on my lips because it's it's a nervous nervous yeah. habit, and yeah. I have very chapped lips. Um, so when she was, like, and then talking about her chapped, chewed lips, I was like, I, I know what that means. I'm, I'm well aware of, of. It was a beautifully written book. Yeah. The descriptions are beautiful. Yes. Okay. So on that note, what was your, how well, exciting did you find this book? Oh, Kevin? okay. I was going to start, but no. A five. You found it. Five? Yep. Sarah. 
Okay. Yeah, I found it a five too. It was it was exciting. I was interested in it. Uh, the only part I had an issue with was mm-hmm. all the doubling back, which I mean I know they had to do, but it yeah. was like, oh god. Yeah, a bit of the shifting back and forth in the same continuous spaces was what I found was when I when when the doubling back was coming up, I was like, God, I don't want to go back to five. I don't want to go back to five. I don't. And so I was engaged in that. And so, yeah, it, yeah mm-hmm. that that bothered me, but bothered me in the sense that it caused me anxiety in reading it. I didn't want to go back to five. Mm-hmm. I see. I did also at the towards the end get really confused as to how. It took like half a week to get two, three, or four. The tunnel and then, changed and then the system. She, oh, okay, and then yeah. and then Wait. she could get there in less than twenty four hours to save her. It, it, like, oh, you mean down the long drop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tunneler changed things. Okay, because well, yeah, there was there just was a one that, point, but also it took a long time to go down the long drop because she had to set up all her climbing things, and then no, don't you on that? There she, was something about the long drop that it and that because the one girl that had broken her legs. What? She's chewing on my cord for my computer. Jesus. Could we not launch the kitten across the room? Oh, it's fine. Um, But yeah, they, Anne had determined it wasn't the, because she could have gotten there very quickly. They they was talking about. Okay. um, Yeah, it just, it confused me how it it took us so long to get to a particular camp at the beginning. And then like, and and getting out was going to take so long. And then suddenly it was, I can be there. They went through a tunnel. Okay. Um. So, Sarah, how ease of reading, how did you feel it was? Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. Kim? Me too. Same. I gave it a five. I found it very easy to read. Thank As you. we pause to capture the kitten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. So, Kim, emotional reaction? Five. Five? Yeah. I gave it a four. You gave it a four? Okay. I gave it a five, but... Not like great emotional, yeah. I mean, like great emotional reaction, but like out of fear, <laughs> um, torturing the kitten. Okay, so Just holding her, Kim. Overall, star rating four and a half. Four and a half. I gave that away already. Sarah I also gave it four and a half. Okay, I gave it a five. It, it gave me exactly what I was expecting it to, and it succeeded. So yeah. Any other comments about it? No, I quite liked it. Okay. Sarah, any other last comments before I start closing us out? Um, I was expecting more of a ghost story. So I was kind of glad that we didn't get into like super supernatural stuff. Like mm-hmm. the ghost, it's like, it's probably a hallucination. Do we know for sure? Not really. There was the creepy water. Who knows if that was doing anything weird on the spores. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's pretty much all I had to say. Okay. All right. So, on that note, I need to find my little exit speech. Okay. So, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Bio Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And for anyone wondering what the sounds are, the cat scratched Kim. (laughs) On that note, we will see you next time for our regular episode.